Look, so what they're saying, right, to be clear, clear for our audience, because I, I, actually, I actually read that article, I just look at that last Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ooh, I meant to fade that out a little bit better, but oh well. <laughs> welcome to the Jury's Out Podcast, the podcast you come to, to watch and listen to where attorneys and friends uh, come to discuss their unique perspectives on various social issues in a raw, uncut, no fucks given way because... Jerry's out. <laughs> That's yeah. right. I'm here with my co-host Everett Hopkins yep. and Jack Gomez, blah, blah. and we got special special guests, uh, Sasha Polino and hello, Louis hello. Velez. Say hello. Hi. To Hi. How's everybody doing? Hey, what's good, baby? All right. Yep, yep. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yeah. I'm happy you're here. I, I appreciate you, it a lot. <laughs> and and today we are here to discuss um, how college is no longer profession and how you can go to college thinking you're going to make some money and you may or may not make money, at least in what you thought you're going to make that money. <laughs> <laughs> so before we start, uh, Sasha, can you just introduce yourself to the audience and tell us, you know, tell them what they, what you do and what you're about? Absolutely. So as Eugene said, I'm Sasha Paulino. I am an employee at Meta formerly known as Facebook but I was a teacher before that and uh, it's it's been an interesting journey um, but I'm still paying off my loans for my education degree yeah. it's been mm-hmm. almost what 10 years now mm-hmm. I'm happy to say I'm down to about four thousand dollars so hey. <laughs> I was very fiscally irresponsible when I took out my loans for a private school that's another conversation. Well, you thought you were going to get that shit forgiven. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to see if I can get this last 4000 forgiven, but I should probably just, like, uh, bite the bullet and pay yeah, it. Yeah, I might have to bite the bullet. <laughs> uh, Louis? Yeah. Um, my name is Louis Velez, or, like, Louis, as most people are going to call me. Um, I'm from Queens. I've been in education for about five years now, three years as a lead teacher. So that's the idea of what, when you think of a teacher – I've been doing that for about three years. Um, I took the exact opposite path of uh, Miss Paulina over here. Um, I, miss I worked. That. You miss being called Miss Paulina. I can call you Miss Paulina all night. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> uh, um, like uh, the opposite of Sasha. Um, I worked in business before I came into teaching. Teaching was always my passion. I kind of got it lost from that, but. I'm there doing it now, and I work for the DOE, uh, New York City Department of Education. Okay, okay. Yeah. And so you you guys were both teachers at one point or another. Uh, Sasha, what made you want to be a teacher, and how did you end up not wanting to be a teacher? So um, I think I always wanted to, like, work either with, like, animals or kids. Like, I always saw myself either being a veterinarian or – I don't know, working as a nanny, like those were my first ideas as a kid. And then I ended up being a camp counselor. And I think that's what really pushed me in the direction of, I think you should be a teacher. Um, But I guess I didn't realize that like, there are other things that maybe um, wouldn't really gel with my personality or, um, you know, like, I'm not a morning person, for example. <laughs> Let's just start there, okay? And I had to be up by, like, 4.35 in the morning to get to school. And these are not things that you know until, like, you're in it. Yeah, right, um, right. And so I wish that there was more of a way to, like, test these things. Um, looking back at college, like, taking a year off before college probably would have been a better idea than just 
jumping into like what that personality test that they gave us. Do you remember this? So we all Myers went to Myers Briggs. Yeah. yeah. We all went to CMSV. We took the Myers Briggs and mine said I was I, either I going know. to be. I don't yes. know who Myers is. Who, yeah, who's and Myers? Who's and and what, did, what did he break over here? <laughs> it's just like it's a it's hundred questions that tries to get to like the basis of your personality and then it'll suggest professions. And really? so, yeah. Dude, you guys are, I, it's, it's, it's like some worker. Hunger Games shit, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Hunger Games, what's that fucking, the Maze Runner shit. Was like, there was a movie about like how they, you chose your occupation by whatever, you know. Well, like, Could you movie, imagine man? if I like, had yeah, to choose yeah. something from that list, though? So, so, <laughs> so. Look at that link. I want to see what I should have been. <laughs> what does the system say I should be? So you didn't want to become a teacher prior to taking that test? Um, I hadn't been a camp counselor yet. It wasn't a thought in my mind yet. I went in. For sociology. Okay. And the test told me that I should be either a social worker, a hairstylist, or a teacher. So it was it was kind of spot on because I came there for sociology. So it did suggest social work. But, you know, social work's kind of a downer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been told by people that are in the profession. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then when I saw that teacher um, suggestion, I was like, you know what? After about a semester, I switched to education okay. and, and tried to go with that track. And, Louis, what did you want to become when Entering college, I had always, 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 always wanted to be a teacher. When we went to, um, we we had an orientation. We all went to the same college. Well, me, Eugene, and Sasha. Uh, trio, to, yeah. Trio. There's a trio so, again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know trio's a phone. <laughs> we so when they had that orientation setting, um, I went to be in education. I always wanted to be in education. But I was kind of talked out of it because, you know, education is um, it, it's viewed as a very hard job. It's viewed as and I, I think it's kind of it, I think it's very much changed. But back then, I guess 15 years ago at this point now, it's viewed as like a very lowly position. So I always wanted to do it. And I was talked out of it by my mother and my girlfriend at the time, my first girlfriend. And she was like, no, don't be a teacher, be in business. And, you know. I hope this is not being too crass, but that was the first time I was ever having like consistent pussy. Yes, <laughs> it was the first time. That can be very convincing. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first time I was ever having consistent sex. So I was like, "Well, oh my god, if she thinks I should do this and she's having sex with me, then I should fucking do this." You know, I was sorry for cursing, but I feel like it was like, yeah. Um, I was like, "Oh, of course I should do that." So then, I mean. From there, it was like, well, if I'm not going to do teaching, I'm going to do business because that was what it was associated with. Business is like, that's where you make money. That's where you become important, you know, and that, I feel like that was the viewpoint from before. So that's why I went into business. And this, for this, this pivot towards this eventual place that you end up you know, not wanting to be, yeah. that all for both of you happened your freshman year in college? I, I I mean, there I went. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, because I went undecided. So yeah, very much one hundred percent. Yeah, I was a pivot freshman year. It's not the same as you. When 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 did education? Well, business for Louis. When when did you start full time being an education major or or going down that path? My second semester as a freshman. Your second semester. Oh, okay, okay. So your first semester, you're still figuring it out. I was still sociology. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So what, so what, 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 what was the catalyst that made the change for you, Sasha? And for you as well, Louis, like, mm-hmm. so what was the, 
So I did a five-year program at CMSV to get my master's in five years. And my last semester, I started full-time teaching. So I was going to school full-time and I was teaching full-time. And my advisor at the time got me the job. Um, but I didn't know anything about this school. I didn't do my research. I didn't go out looking for this position. And that was probably my first mistake because, <laughs> this, I mean, I was just hungry for a job. I'm like, wait, I can get a job before I graduate. I'm taking whatever the fuck yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I didn't think about the fact that it was like February or March in the middle of the school year. And this meant that a teacher left. Mm. Um, mm. and I later found out that it was a nun who corporally punished a kid. Um, I taught at a Catholic school. And so I thought, oh, okay, like she was just a nut and they need somebody to take over. It, it'll probably be fine. And I get there and after my first day, another teacher comes into my room and she's like, listen, if you can make it at this school, you can make it anywhere. And they, they meant that what, encouraging? What, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck does that they mean? Like, Welcome to the jungle! We got some games! <laughs> that was exactly yeah. it. If you read between the lines, yeah. um, it was going to be a hard four years. And I was there for about three and a half, four years. Um, and That's by year big. one, I wanted, I wanted out. But um, why? What was it that, that? What was happening there? That so I had my boss was a nun. Mm. So imagine like working for a nun and and what that might entail. Um, there was a lot of uh, homophobia, um, classism. You know, I worked in the poorest district in the South Bronx. So you were coming to school. Um, you know witnessing instances of abuse and neglect. Um, and that is really, that, that weighs heavily, you know, on the people that work there, they notice that. Okay. And obviously as a teacher, like you have to put your heart and soul into it. Um, right. And I think at that point I realized like I wanted a little balance. I didn't want a profession that was gonna take over my whole life. And Louis said that like, he felt like teachers are viewed as kind of lowly. I actually feel like it's the opposite. I think that um, people are always saying, you know, that that's so commendable and, and um, you're a saint for what you do. And, and it's basically because that job turns you into a martyr sometimes mm -hmm. yeah. where um, you have to think about it 24 seven. Mm -hmm. And it, it really took everything out of me. So mm -hmm. I needed a job where when I clocked out, I could stop thinking about work. And, and how quickly in doing the job did you start feeling that way? Was there a, was there like a honeymoon period where you really liked Never. it? Never. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first day was that other teacher coming into my room and basically like, you know, telling me what it was going to be. And it was exactly that. Welcome to um, hell. Yeah. Basically. And I guess vice, not vice versa. Is it vice versa? Or depends on what you're trying to do. Introspectively, once you got away from business, did you immediately love it, Luke? Oh, I mean, going back a little bit, I think even, even with that business degree, like we're getting there junior, senior year, I knew immediately, like, this is not for me at all. So I tried to run away from it as far as I could, as fast as I could. I tried to be into law school. I got accepted to law school, but that didn't work out because we forgot to send a deposit. At the time, that was supposed to send a deposit. Uh, then I was in the AmeriCorps, which the AmeriCorps, it's very much similar to the Peace Corps, but just in America. So I moved to Austin to do that, to work as low-income families. And refugees doing like you know, doing their taxes, getting their health insurance, getting them housing and stuff like that. But that was only a very set amount of time. It was only for a year, which I didn't even make the full year because it wasn't for me. So I left. But then after that, I was like, well, I'm only prepared to work in business. So I kind of went into that because I had to have did it. So the job that I had right before I got into teaching, um, I was working for a, a, a small e-commerce company. 
I was working for a linen manufacturer, so they make bed sheets and, you know, comforters and all that. And I was running, like, their Amazon store, their Wayfair store, Overstock, all that stuff. Um, and, I mean, absolutely, utterly miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, was, I, what about it made you miserable? Uh, I mean, it's very hard because very much in that 20s, I was miserable about Everything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was. I was. I was texting with somebody earlier about emo phase and music and all that. But now thinking about it now, even though I didn't listen to the music, I think twenty five to twenty eight was my emo phase. (laughs) 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 Just in life. Just no. But it it was. I was talking about it with Sasha when I was driving here. Because not only am I a podcast guest today. I was also a chauffeur, you know. I got <laughs> the best of both worlds. <laughs> um, no, I, I used to bring a hoodie to work with me, so because I was so upset, I used to cry at my desk, Ooh. and I used to bring a hoodie so I could flip the hoodie up and I'd be like, "Well, hey, I have my hoodies on." That's I have your my, yeah, yeah. It was like <laughs> I'm in my own world. Yeah. It's my headphones on with my hoodie on. Just being upset. So before I mean, or after lunch? One of the very good things. One of the few good things about that job was uh, I was supposed to be there at ten, but I came in whatever the fuck I wanted mm. and left whenever I wanted. Okay. You know, okay. so there was no such thing as lunch. You know? So, so you, you said you. So you you said that you wanted to be a teacher ever since you can remember. Oh well, yeah. I mean, because I was so I was a special education kid, so. I was like in those, you know, 12 to 1 settings. and all. That's a 12 to 1 setting. That, uh, that's a teacher term, but it's like 12 kids, one uh, teacher, teacher right. or a 12 one to one as 12 kids, one teacher, one like a para, a, you know, paraprofessional, which is like, uh, you know, t- people that help out teachers. Right. Um, yeah. So the reason why I had always wanted to be a teacher is because like, you know, I was uh, I had ADHD. I was an overweight kid. Which I, I'm still both of those people now. So, <laughs> so it's not like I left, but I was that then as well, and it, it was it was hard. You, you know? didn't know how to navigate that. No, now. I didn't know how to navigate. Yeah, you know, I, I, now I, you do. I own it now. You yeah, know? like yeah. I have my dating profile. This is the second time. I'm like, oh, I talk about online dating. I have it on my dating profile now. I'm like, oh, I talk about the weight and everything. Like it's uh, a difference. Yeah, well, not yeah. self. No, well, it's like no. I mean, the good thing about New York City, and I'm sorry we're getting so far away from the topic. This is what we do, baby. Is that, it's all uh, good. <laughs> people are people are into like everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like one thing. Like you could be like, oh yeah, I'm this I'm this guy, and some people, are like, oh my god, no, I want nothing to do with that. And some other person will be like, oh no, that's my kink. That's exactly what nice. I want. <laughs> but uh, but like I said, so I was uh, I the reason why I wanted to be a teacher is because I had so much trouble. Um, when I was a kid, I had trouble relating to people my age. Mm. I related to people that were older than me, mm. super older than me. And as a te- as a student, who are the people that are older than you around you the most? Teachers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, I wanted to be a teacher. So that's where it came from. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I know, because I know you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The transition to going from business and actually following uh, your dreams yeah. required you to go back to school. Like, did you did did you feel like the course correct was easy? Like, how was that experience? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've always been, and it's uh, of course, a teacher's going to say this, but 
I've always been a very good student. You know what I mean? I feel like oh. I'm not. <laughs> uh, you ought to always say. I'm that. not very good. I'm not very good at time management, unfortunately. Uh, but I, I, I feel like I'm very good at being personable, and I'm very good about getting the work done eventually. So I, it, it, I'm sorry for. It was very easy for me. Um, yeah, it was very easy for me. But sitting there at that moment when I was going to become a teacher, so I was, like I said, I was crying at my desk all the time and all that, and I was realizing I was like, well, you know, I'm 27. I think I was 27 at the time. So I'm 27, and it's like, I don't know. At that point, I was like, I could see life wasn't an endless journey. You know what I mean? I realized that a clock, it's very morbid to say, but I'm sorry. I realize that, like, you know, time is not infinite. So it's like, right. I need to decide right now. It's like, well, um, am I going to stay here at this job, be miserable for the rest of my life, and die? die right. Or <laughs> am I going to leave this job, be happy with what I'm going to do, and then, then still die? die you know? <laughs> uh, dying is the one constant part of it uh, right. you know uh, well i mean we might all move to the metaverse so who knows <laughs> but, <laughs> but dying with, as of Get now as consciousness. of now in december 2021 dying is something that has to happen who knows maybe later um yeah i'm sorry no no no, no i'm sorry I didn't no 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 I, so I was like that's where i need to decide and i was like i'm gonna do something with my life so after that no it, it became all super easy it became like, hey, um, whatever I need to do to get out of this, I'm going to do. So it kind of helped me that I was, you know, the stuff I was doing, I was comfortable with and all that. Yeah. I think we had a career crisis at the same time. I've, I've had, had a I... crisis my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's yes. <laughs> but no, I remember us having this conversation a couple of years ago when I was considering getting out of teaching and you were considering going in. And I was like, don't do it. Stay very far I away. Exactly, it was a bar. It's not. It's not. It's not around anymore. It's called Turtle Bay. And oh, I remember. Oh, Turtle, <laughs> Turtle Bay. Turtle Bay. I, I hated oh, Turtle Bay. God. Eugene loved it, but I hated Turtle Bay. <laughs> but this is where. I, <laughs> this is where it happened. I remember. I remember when that was when I was like I had gotten accepted, and I was like I was super excited to tell the world, but I was super excited to tell Sasha in particular. Because she was a teacher. So I was very excited to be like, hey, man. Hey, man. I'm going to be a teacher. So that's what I did at the bar. I'm like, yo, Sasha. I'm going to be a teacher. And the first thing she said is, don't. <laughs> She's like, don't. And I'm like, well, I mean, well, I'm like, it's too late for that now. Do you, do you remember what you told me after you said that? No, what did I say? You were like, well, if you're going to be a teacher, do physical education. Yeah, you're you like, a gym do, teacher? Uh, no, no. Yeah. That's gym teacher. No, I, 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 I don't think it is your gym teacher. Some, we call some it gym, physical education. Some, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a pressure point. It's a pressure point. Some physical education teachers love to be called physical education. Some teachers like, no, it's gym. I want to be called gym, and that's what it is. But she told me, and, and she meant, when she said it, she, she didn't mean it to be like, yo, do a job that's less, because it's not less. But she's like, do a specialty. That's what she's telling me. Uh, do a specialty because it breaks it up a little bit easier and makes it a little bit easier to do. Which, I mean, I did not take her advice. I appreciated her advice very much, <laughs> but I did not take a single iota of it. I'm sorry. Well, also along the car ride, I did say that I worked at a Catholic school. Yeah. You worked at a charter, right? And then DOE. Yeah. And I 
sometimes wonder, especially after our conversation, like, would I have liked DOE better? All I had was that one um, reference point with the Catholic school that was on the way to being closed, didn't have much funding, had a crazy person for a principal. Oh, wait, so when you started, the school was closing? It was always on the chopping, chopping block. Oh, so you was now? on a sinking ship. Yes. Oh. Yes, very much so. And so there were like 20-some-odd Catholic schools that were up for closure. There's an issue, I guess, with the funding. What? The, the Jesus? <laughs> the Jesus bishop comes in like, who, who the Lord closes, told me you get no more funding. Who, who closes Catholic schools? Because if it's the Pope, that means Pope Francis. Jesus, that. It was Jesus in four. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. I remember Catholicism. <laughs> no, I think that the Archdiocese of New York is supposed to handle that, and it was mismanaged, oh, okay. from my understanding. So a lot of schools had to get closed, and every year my school was one of the schools that was up for possible closure. And to be in an environment like that from day one, you can probably understand like why I felt the way I felt. Do, do um, you think that, and then this question goes to both of you guys. Do you, both people, people, it's people, oh, it's <laughs> both of you people. <laughs> you people. <laughs> do you, do you think if you would have had a fantastic, like, I guess if you don't like the job, how can it be fantastic? But do you think if you had a better experience, maybe you would not have left? Yeah. Do you think, no, I, do you think a better experience is, was even possible? Yes, 100%. I think there's a world in which, like, I might be a teacher today had my first placement been better. The alternate metaverse. (laughs) The alternate alternate reality. The uh, less dark timeline. Once the metaverse comes, we can run a simulation, see how it looks. Right? (laughs) See how you do it. These jokes don't get old. <laughs> <laughs> Not to the ones that are saying them. We love saying them. So that's, that's half the battle. Um, there was once there is something you said before that I wanted to give you a little bit of pushback on, and I think I'm going to do it now a little bit. Is um, I, I you said that, and I think this is the, the expectation of uh, a lot of people is teachers are expected to like make teaching their everything. Mm-hmm. It is expected, we are expected to be uh, martyrs, like you said. And I feel like the most successful teachers, and this is an attitude that I like to take, and it's something I I don't share very freely. I I guess I'm going to do it now to the entire audience right here. But it's something I I don't like to share freely because I think people frown upon it is teaching is very much not my life. Mm. You know, like there is a Mr. Velez, that's my teacher name, and there is a Louis Velez or a Louis Velez. That's the person I am. I feel like the people that go into teaching and they're like, this is going to be my life. This is, I'm here to change the world. I'm here to make everything better. Those are the ones that flame out because it's like mm. um, progress. Progress moves slow. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's like when you have a kid for nine months, ten months, when they're in crisis, either uh, emotionally or at home where they're not, you know, the, the, the school that I work at, um, we have, I, one of the teachers told me that like, we have the most um, homeless student. We have one of the most home, we have the, one of the most homeless populations in the entire city. You know what I mean? So it's like, how much can I really change about their lives? Yeah. Right. And it's like, if you go in there with this attitude, Hey man, I'm trying to change people's lives. I'm trying to change everything. You're going to have a bad time. You know what I mean? So that's how I kind of look at it. It was like, I have these kids for 10 months. 
and I need to do the best that I can do, not to change their entire lives, but when they get to that next step, when they get to that next place, that they're able to take it. So I feel like that's what, like, when I'm all, I, I try to do all my work at school, when I'm off the clock, Fuck I'm out off of the here. clock. <laughs> and I know that's a, that is a, oh, that you is need that. <laughs> you do. You do need, you need that. that. You need that 100%. But it's like people take that very poorly. Because yes. I am I am a teacher. I'm supposed to be a hero. I'm supposed to be selfless. Yes. I'm supposed to stop caring about everything else. Right. And it's like, no, I'll, I'll never do that. And I feel like right. that's what makes me, I don't give that attitude ever. And I feel like that's what makes me an effective teacher. But. The reason why I think you were set up in a way that messed you up, DOE, we have a strong union. So it's like, even mm-hmm. when I think I need to go further, there'll be somebody that's in there that's been in that job for, that's been in that job for 10, 15, 20 years. I'll be like, yo, dude, you need to chill, chill the, the fuck, fuck out. out. <laughs> <laughs> where in a charter school where I came before this DOE situation or in a captain school where they're literally fighting for their lives. Mm. They're not going to tell you that. They're going to take a single, every single ounce of you that they can, throw you out because they know there's going to be an advisor at some college, uh, col- uh, Castle College. Who's going to feed gonna another be, hey, college yeah. student. I got somebody that's perfect for you yeah. because they know there's a kid that needs a job no matter what. Yeah. Is that how so, you, yeah. that that how you felt, I, Sasha? <laughs> that just made my mind blow. <laughs> <laughs> I try to say, they I don't got me, man. They the fucking car. got me. No, but like, it's, it's, to an extent, it's not your fault, right? I think that when we graduate college, we're bright-eyed, bushy-tailed kids. Like, yes, okay, now I'm done with school. What's going to be my mark in the world? I want to change the world. That's 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 how I felt coming out of law school, right? And when I became a public defender, that's why. I'm like, yo, they're locking up all these black people for nothing. Like, it's, it's crazy, right? I want to change everything about the system tear it down to the ground and then you get in that system it's like i'm gonna do what i can <laughs> yeah, it's like you know i'm gonna try I mean, i'm gonna try I'm like yo yo in year what are we year eight this three yeah it's gonna be we're, yeah we, we're about to enter year eight yeah but yeah. in year eight it's like listen man you need to just take this and just get the fuck on with your life like it's <laughs> like you can't fight everything like and there's no way and and you have to, like, Louis is the minority. I've never heard anybody who had that type of outlook on life from the start. Like, that's just, that's that's crazy. Wait, I, a lot of teachers have that outlook. It's just, it is. Uh, like, not glorified. It's not glorified. Yes, it is that might not, be what it is. Yes, it's yeah. like, I kind of keep it to myself, but it's like. No, you got to share that, bro. No, that's, yeah, it's very hard. And I think. I'm willing to share that now because I'm in a DOE where I have a union that's protecting me. But I kind of had that outlook at a charter school when I was working at a charter school before. I'm like, well, no, you know, I mean, I need to live my life. I need to be about me. And Mm. that's where they were like, hey, you're not. Fuck you. I I am right there with you. Um, Unions matter. Back back when it made a difference on my day to day uh, work schedule, I was what they called a DAT king. (laughs) And maybe you can explain what that means to them. The littlest work possible <laughs> for the max amount of gains. That's what it was, right? The minimum allowed, but you can't say I'm not doing my job because I'm doing it. I'm doing it. But it's the minimum in my contract. So right? a, a, a DAT is what they call a death appearance. appearance ticket. And it's basically like you're still charged with a crime, but we, gonna, we you don't have to come on day one. You don't have to go through a We're not going to put you through the system. And so. it's usually... It, so, But you also got to behave yourself for the next six months to a year. No, no, that's, a, that's called an ACD. A DAT, ACD is, you're already in the system. A DAT basically means, let's say you get arrested for like um, uh, 
Like uh, uh, pissing in public. No, no. You might just get a summons for that. Let's say you get arrested for like driving, driving without a license, driving with a suspended license. Bullshit cases. What they'll sit there and say is like, all right, we're not going to like take the next 12 to 24 hours of your time. We're going to give you a ticket and, and trust you that you're going to come back even though it's a, you're being charged with a crime. And you you're come not going to see a judge that night. And what I realized from jump, it was like, when they come back, because they've already proven to the court that they, they, they can come to court, they're not going to get put in jail, right? And a lot of things have changed since I first started, but it, it's people are get get used to get put in jail for bullshit back in the day. And I'm talking about a couple a few years ago. So I realized like I disappeared. That's called a arraignment shift. Like I have to go to that. I have to go to that part so I can arraign these people, and vice versa. I can go to people who are actually get put to jail. So what I realized, people for whatever reason hated DATs because in a regular arraignment shift where people are going through the system, you're doing like five to 20 cases. At a DAT, you're doing like 30 cases, minimum. But the thing is, you're doing 30 cases. You don't really have to do, an, you don't have to do a bail application. You don't have to work. Like the conversation could be a lot shorter. It's more like, yeah, you're facing some bullshit. I'm going to get you a discount. Let's get the you fuck out of here. Basically, you ain't going to jail. You ain't going to jail. Let's not waste nobody's time. So what I realized is that like, um, like, fuck that. This, this, this is a good way to do my job, be a public defender, serve my community or whatever you want to call it, but fucking take some stress off of me. Like, well, I don't need to work hard. Like I don't need to do extra work for anything. And it's like, and I think the point of me telling that story is that realizing that, that there's, there's having a job and then there's doing it well. And then there's also managing your own mental health in, in that process. And if you don't do that correctly, you can get burned out or you can stop wanting to be a teacher. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, there's a pattern where there's the educators, uh, a lot of them, they'll, they're out by year five. You know, that's like a that's like a, something that really happens because, uh, which is something I struggle with, is like not taking work home, like in the emotion, right? So I'm working at junior high school and a lot of these kids, uh, are not only they, they live in poverty, but they also like, they... Their, their, their mannerisms are very disrespectful. Like they say, like they're, they, they're especially from uh, COVID and, and, and the pandemic, uh, they have like this, they don't have this social emotional awareness. And they're, they're also junior high school kids, so they, they, they lack empathy. And so it's, it, it, you have to, I have to keep reminding myself, like, no, Jack, don't kick this kid down the stairs. <laughs> don't, don't, ju- like, don't, <laughs> don't, like, don't punch him in the face. Like, it, like it's first off, you're going to go to jail, you're going to lose your job. But then second of all, what are they going to learn? They're not really going to learn from you snuffing them, you know? Yeah. They, they, they're not. They're not. They're, they're, they're just gonna. They're just gonna learn to to react to violence. Yeah, they might learn something. Or, or, or that I'm teaching them. Or I'm teaching them that vi- how you solve your problems is yeah. through violence, yeah. which they already do that, right? Since September, I've broken up like 15 fights. Damn. And uh, 14 of them have been between girls. Damn. Like, the girls are ruthless. <laughs> like, and the things that they say. That so, it's like, I like I'm frazzled after breaking up a fight because I get scratched. I get hit in the mouth, like you know, like I've had, I've got filled out a lot of reports of you know me just getting hit and these people, these kids getting suspended, and it's like, it's like I need a period after that to like cool down, but 
you like you really don't get that. Now I'm very fortunate enough that my administration they're very kind to me and they're like, Mr. Gomez, we understand you just got punched in the face. Like you know you just broke up this fight between five girls. Like 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 you could you could take a minute. You got a union? Yeah, well yeah, because I'm working the same the same system. Yeah yeah, and so, but but my principal could be like, no, go go to your next class. Like you just got hit cool go to your next class and I could grieve it and all this other you know but I'm fortunate for that but it's it's hard to like not take that home because then I'm going home to Valeria like yo these fucking kids man I, I swear to god I'm gonna get my little cousin to come up and snuff one of these motherfuckers you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know so it's and you go to jail you can go to jail <laughs> Jack uh, thank you for sharing that but he, he touched on really three important things that there are in teaching and I can remember two of them right now I think I lost the third <laughs> but two of them at least one thing, and probably Sasha remembers this too, one of the things teachers say, do not take it personal. Yeah. Whatever happens, don't take it personal. Because I'll have kids, like, they'll make fun of my height, not my height, they'll make fun of my hair, they'll make fun of my belly, they'll make fun of, they'll say whatever they can to get a rise out of you. Yeah. And it's like, they're, they, they get very, oh, now I remember the third thing. So they'll say whatever they can. So it's like, number one, don't take it personal. Because a lot of the times it's like, they're not mad at you. They're mad with something going on with themselves. So they're like, they want to transfer that to somebody. Yep. So like, so let me pick on what I think this person's insecurity is. Projection. And then get it, get, let me pick on what I think this person's insecurity is. Get it out of me so that I can transfer my anger, anger to them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's the first thing. Another thing they used to tell us a lot too is that um, for a lot of these kids, unfortunately, because of the strike that they're going on with at home and the strike that their parents are going on with at home, is that for a lot of them, school is the most positive place that they can be. You know what I mean? Teachers there, and it's like, I don't, I, 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 I hate to use the word hate, but I'm going to use it anyway. I hate when teachers blame families and blame parents because they make it seem like there are perfect certain circumstances where all they can do is focus on their student and their, on their education. Mm -hmm. And they really can't. They got to worry about their job. They yeah. got to worry about how they're going to make right. money. They got to worry about discipline. Yeah, they have to worry about all that real life stuff for yeah. teachers. We really don't. We only see these kids. So it's very easy to be like, oh, well, mom should be more, more mom should be more involved. Dad should be more involved. Auntie or uncle, wherever it may be, should be more involved. But in the case, that's not really not what real. it is. Right. You're worried about getting thrown out of your apartment. You're worried about how you're going to work. You're worried about how you're going to, you know, put food. So it's like at that point, one, yeah, they're going to have all those negative behaviors because it's like they're around situations where it's like they're not seeing the positive behavior. So we kind of need to model that for them. Right. And then the third thing that he was talking about that I think is really smart is, and this is another teacher saying, and maybe I, I'm sure maybe Jack has heard of it. Maybe Sasha's heard of it as well, is you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. mm. You know what I mean? So it's like if you're stressed out, mm. if you're imagine the principal of the administration that's letting Jack take a minute, take a minute to breathe, that's letting him refill himself. Refill, yeah. I'm sorry. That's letting him refill himself so that he could help people out. But if you're throwing people in the situations where they're not ready, where they need a breast, all you're doing is making it worse because you're pouring from an empty cup. Yep. Like, if I have an empty cup, I can't give you There's nothing. nothing. Yeah, I can't nothing give you value. Yeah. There's nothing given nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah, so kept like, me real full, baby. All you're doing, <laughs> you doing is making it worse. So it's like, I, I, you know, I don't know what kind of jack school works at, but I don't know what his administration's like, but all three of those things, it seems like they're doing the right job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's I'm sure they're awful at other stuff, <laughs> yeah. but with those yeah, three yeah, things, yeah, yeah. they're really helping you out. Now, Sasha... As someone who got, got out of this 
nice place slash shithole, whichever one, whatever side you, you fall on. Do you feel like uh, the experiences you had as a teacher and like basically your educational background made it easy to transition out of it, or was it hard? Was it a stigma on your what, resume? What was what you learned transferable into what you do now? One hundred percent. I do want to touch very quickly though on something that Louis said. Um, so you know, at my school in my last year, my principal came up to me. Uh, a week before school was set to start and said, you are going to teach. I was teaching first grade at the time. So I didn't really have like the hormonal issues with the kids. They were still very super nice. Um, but she says to me, you're going to teach first grade and kindergarten at the same time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Same classroom? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's so uh, they'll, they'll do that sometimes. Stack two or three grades. Like, special ed. Right. You like a bridge, so you mean like a bridge class? Yeah. A bridge class telling class? me a week before school yeah, was no, scheduled to begin crazy. with no para. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it was just going to be me teaching mm -hmm. two grades at the same time. Yep, yeah. and how, many, how many kids? Um, I think it probably would have been like close to 30 total. Do they oh, count that's the, crazy. Do they count yeah. the kindergartens as, kindergartens as half of a first grader? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know we use the word bridge so just for the people that don't know. Bridge class as when you take like half kindergartners or half first graders. You put them in there and you're like, well, you got to teach both of them at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. There's some there's some special ed classes where like if it's a 12 to 1 that you'll have three kids that are in 6th, three Ooh, kids that are in 7th, and three kids that are in 8th. Yeah. And so they'll make you teach. Then to, the teacher has to, when they teach math, they have to teach three different maths. Three okay. different Englishes. See, that was my next three question. Yeah, like, so, so, the so, older kids got to be bored, right? And Well, can... well yes, but it, that's one of the bullshit aspects of it, the public school system, right? Where it's like th these teachers are f forced to create three lessons every period and at three different learning levels. And then, I mean, and then to dive into it even more, is like some of your sixth grade kids don't even know first grade math. And then you can't teach first grade math, which would might actually help them. You have to teach them sixth grade math as simplified as possible. But if their learning ability is so far behind what you're trying to teach them, it, you get to a point where it's like it's impossible for, 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 for me to teach them sixth grade math if they have a, a first grade math level of understanding. And why, why, did, they, why did they do that to you? Because they could. And they the, uh, limited resources they and the fact that the, they don't want to pay people. So you're doing two jobs now. Basically, yeah. And so, um, as I said, this was a week before the school year started, so I had no preparation. I've never been trained in that. I've always taught one grade at a time. So um, that's really the year that I was like, okay, it's time to go. Because I told her flat out, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And um, it, life. <laughs> <laughs> it turned into a really heated conversation with like this much older woman who was my boss. And um, we were kind of at odds after that point, but I didn't get fired because, you know, I, I guess you she needed me. me. You need me. Right. Um, but to answer your question, was it an easy transition? Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll tell you basically how I got into right now. I'm an executive assistant. And during that final year of teaching, I was approached by one of my friends who knew of an entry level position at McGraw Hill, which is a textbook publisher. And um, I figured, OK, well, you know, that's related to education. It's entry level. It's clerical. It'll be a break. And so um, when I got that job, I ended up I was making the same amount that I was making teaching. And I thought to myself, like, oh, my God look at the difference in workload. I'm making the same amount of money and I have my weekends again and I have a little bit more of my sanity. Mm -hmm. And so um, I went into the job at McGraw-Hill just really needing a break. Um, and even during that interview, I said, teaching is the hardest job I think anyone can ever do and everything else after this is gonna be a walk in the park. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I went through a long period of people not believing that those skills were transferable. Um, me trying to get out of teaching took me years. Mm. And so I got into this interview with this. She was the CMO of um, McGraw-Hill Higher Education. And she was like, well, you know what? Taking care of my team is not unlike taking care of a group of first graders. So I'm going to give you a shot. <laughs> 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 and um, it was it was nice. It was it was a lot more chill, but it also wasn't important anymore. Mm. Like teaching was important. I was affecting lives. And now here I am like getting coffee for people. Um, and so I have since gotten to a role with Meta where like my job is equal parts, um, project manager, event coordinator, uh, travel booker. Like it's so much more than that first position of, you know, just how, pushing papers. How long was the transition to stop calling it Facebook? <laughs> so I'm really trying to be good about calling him Meta. You do, really good job. <laughs> you do it all the time. Like you're really good. They're going to continue to employ you because they're, they're doing exactly. I swear to God, when you said Meta today, I'm like, what the fuck is Meta? <laughs> what are you talking about? That's why I said the, art, the artist you formerly known as Facebook. So, yeah. Meta data? But before we get out of here, um, so um, when I wanted, when I was thinking about doing this topic i i thought you guys are perfect because you had inverse experiences you, you guys started in one place and ended up in the opposite place but that's you know it's the opposite of where you started right whatever um what do you think can be done in the educational system that could get people to start where they want to start and end where they want to end mm -hmm. do you have do you, do you have a suggestion so do you sorry no sorry. no no i just there's, there's one thing i wanted to say before we talked as a, and you keep talking you said it before about like feeling like unfulfilled in what you were doing and all of that moving by and if there is there's, there's teachers that ever listen to this that decide to quit teaching and all of that the one thing i'll say is like don't don't feel bad like the work is the work you know what i mean so it's like for when you were saying well i feel like i was doing stuff that didn't matter it's like your working work doesn't define us like you're working so you can live your own life and if you're living your own life like that's what matters so it made me feel bad when you're like well it made me feel really bad because you're like well that was funny that was really funny but it made me feel bad when you were like, well, I'm um, doing stuff that doesn't matter. And I was like, no, well, if you were giving something that let you take your own life back. And that's more important than Fuck anything yeah. ever. Right. Hell yeah. Fuck them kids. You doing that for anybody that's listening that's going to quit their job and do something else. Like, no, man, the job doesn't matter. You matter. You only got 80 years, 90 years on this planet. And I ain't going to live to 90 years. But you only got like <laughs> 70, 80 years on this planet. Like, live your life. For you. I mean, not not, yeah. not to not to Sorry. answer my own question, but I think the answer is right there. I think the educational system that we live in, America, whatever fucking country you're in, Mars, needs to teach kids how to find their their true passion, right. find yeah. a job that makes them happy, that they enjoy, and and accept the fact that you that there's a there's a learning curve in that, but make that learning curve earlier. You know what I mean? Like what I was gonna say was, I think our parents used to go to track schools. Like they would be sent to a yeah. high school based off of trades mm. yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, the, you're talking about it's, you're talking about the vocational schools. We well, have like mm -hmm. aviation. Yeah, yeah. So I'm from Queens, so aviation is a big one. Yeah, and that's where they teach you like be an airplane mechanic or stuff. Like right, that. right, right, right. Yeah. So, so the thing is, is like from what I understand from working in the education system, is that the vocational schools were actually, they they actually were shut down because, uh, I, because I'm a conspiracy head, I, I really feel like it was the it was the colleges. Being in cahoots with the government, 
and the state and saying, no, we need to funnel more money into our pockets. <laughs> we need to funnel more money into our pockets. So now this is college ready, right? They have college ready at kindergarten now. And so the vocational schools that created more business people, right? More, more, more entrepreneurs because you learned a trade that made you money. You know, and you didn't, and, and once you learn that, you know, now they cut that out because they, he's like, no, we need everyone to have a paper from my establishment in order to be recognized as valuable or yeah. capable of doing something. And now I feel like thanks to the metaverse, thanks to cryptocurrency, thanks to, the, thanks to, you know, the next level of the internet and technology, it's, we are now swinging back. The pendulum is swimming back. 100%. And it's like, I, I feel like it was a societal thing. Like if, if you didn't go to college, if you didn't do this, you're not going to do that. So at my school, like we don't ever, so we don't ever tell kids that like, oh, you're not meant to go to college or that because that would be an awful thing to say. But it's like, we present them with different opportunities and we're like, hey, this is not the end all be all. Right. of where it is i feel like and i always say this to other people it's like maybe if i wasn't pushed this whole education thing i think i probably would have went to a trade school i would have been like an electrician mm -hmm. which i doubt now because i hate manual labor completely <laughs> i i barely even want to like lift a hand which is uh, teaching makes that great because it's like i could just sit there and do it everything i'm just kidding i don't sit down but um <laughs> yeah we, we push that very much so it's like we're already doing that now. And some people, some teachers, some adults would be like, well, no, uh, I still have that society thing. Like I need to go to college and all of that. Where, I mean, like, I feel like in the next 10 years, I feel like we're honestly gonna go back to more of a push for vocational stuff where it's like, hey, yeah. we're, this is a pass you can take. Someone just needs know? to create a metaverse sim where you get to try out jobs on your mm. off time and you'll figure out what you like. That. Get well, some there, Bitcoin there, on the side. There's a game called Job Simulator, you know? And we, can simulate jobs. And we come full circle so, to back to that shit that y'all took where it told you what to be. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Which I think, you said Myers Briggs. I'm pretty sure McCall yeah. Hill's behind Myers Briggs. Wow. Yeah. I'm almost but, sure, yeah, yeah. All right. But, director say wrap this shit up. So yes. You know. Yeah, we got to so, go. um, <laughs> Thank you guys for your time. Thank Before you. we get out of here, you. we have to thank the people who. No, we got to thank the. Artist of the week? No, no, no. I'm sorry, I apologize. I'm sorry. Hero. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got my brother, my brother Justin Hopkins, who was a psychologist, licensed psychologist down in Washington, D.C., servicing the good people. He specializes in couples therapy and black mental health. You should check him out. He's always on Instagram. Um, yes, thank you. I'll take all of the applause on his behalf. That's wonderful. Yes. Um, Doc Hop, I think, is his Instagram, so just look him up. And uh, yeah, go to him, talk to him, lay on his couch, and pay him. Yep. And we also have to tip a, a, a hat to our sponsor, Mr. Biggs Wines, who Biggs. is one of one of the one of the rappers of what was it the oh um fuck uh, African Bambada Af African Bambada right the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's got a wine company. And, and shout out to Bronx River. The, 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 the projects that created hip hop. That's right. And shout out to, that's a black owned, that's a black owned wine business. So black people making wine, they make everything else better. So why not have somebody wine? Black and the is sweet as the juice. They say ingredients. Good. So thank you and shout out to that sponsor. And, and before we go, um, is there anything uh, you want to say? Shout out, highlight. 
Metaverse uh, commentary you want to say to the audience before we get out of here, Sasha? Want people to follow you, website, whatever, you know. Um, I don't really have a, a social media presence like that, like that. But if you want to follow SP the boss. What I would say is if, if you're not happy, you have to change something. Mm. And don't right. let it drag on for years. Mm. Yes. You are not put on this earth to work, man. You are put on this earth to live your life. What? So it's like, you know, I, I, I think teaching is one of the best things you can do. But if you don't think that is for you, like Sasha thinks, that's wonderful. That's awesome. And just that's because amazing. you can do a job well yeah. doesn't mean you should do it. Yeah, of course. Because if it drains you. There's plenty of other stuff what's I can do. And it's Keep like, your what's cup the filled, point? baby. And yeah. also, I just thank you for having me. You know, I don't think I would be where I am right now if it wasn't for Eugene and oh. the way he supported me and all that. Thank you. So, um, and Anthony, too. He's another My life was very zigzaggy to where I'm at now, and I'm, I'm the happiest I've ever been, which is very weird because I was very miserable in all of my 20s and early 30s. So it's like... If you're not happy now, if you're not where you're at now, life isn't over, man. Mm-hmm. So just Yo, I, keep going for I it. I love this know? conversation, man. And Thank ladies love so Cool much. Louie. That's my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One last question. I'm what? on Hinge. I'm on Tinder. I'm on Bumble. <laughs> <laughs> if you're like, yo, this guy's so smart, you want to date him? I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! That's it. That's it. We good. We don't need no more questions. Yeah. <laughs> So what they're saying, right, to be clear, clear for our audience, because I, I, actually, I actually read that article, I just look at that what they said was Dropping gems like we preaching Don't overstep the line of my freedom of speaking We cast to the world, put the words in the street and Connecting all the minds of the people we reaching Yo, accepted, took your fence in and contempting. Teach you motherfuckers a lesson and pressing the issue at hand. Nah, I don't care about objections, suspensions, and cell inspections. Just a question of black lives is my passion. And love for my fam is everlasting. So stop gassing these asses with glasses. Cause in the end, I leave them with a trash. Uh, 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 uh. Crazy lady shit, glad I got no baby shit. COVID got me crazy, bitch. Damn, and she gon' have to edit this. The jury's out, so you can't even credit us. No statements, null and void, invalid evidence. No, we can't take this to court, cause you know. Jury's out. Uh, 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 uh. Jury's out.